0: Well, go ahead, family, grab a seat. Some uh, notes are being handed out this morning. Help us stay on track and for us to uh, be on the same page, literally and figuratively together today. If you're joining us online, we're grateful that you've tuned in today, wherever you are in the world or right across our country. If you could be here, we know that you would because it's better than where you are together. Uh, but if you're visiting today, we're glad that you're here. Feel at home, feel part of our family. Please join us for a coffee or a tea or a glass of water Uh in our cafe uh, at the end of our service. That'd be brilliant. Here at Destiny, we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. We are motivated by the unconditional love of our Heavenly Father, and we are empowered to serve our generation by Holy Spirit's anointing. Can I get a witness here today? All right. Have you got to set a set of notes? Just give me a wave so I know that you're on the same page. Today, we're starting our formally our series, a two-part series, just preparing You'll prepare your hand at home, but today I'm going to, and next week I'm going to prepare your heart. And just so we're clear, I'm in no way embarrassed about talking about money because Jesus talked often about money. It was one of his favorite topics. And so we are not asking money to put into our pocket. We're asking that we would change our hearts as a community, that we would be a blessed people to be a blessing to the world. This week, I was listening and uh, sorry, reading with Sharon a devotional by Joyce Meyer. And when she was younger, she had this desire in her heart to give $10 to somebody, but she wasn't sure if it was God. She was going, God, is it really you that wants me to give this $10 away? Finally, Holy Spirit said, I want you to be a blessing. You make up your own mind. I just love that attitude of God going, Hey, I'm your father, not your mother. Come on, these little things, you can handle this surely, right? The, the commandment is to be a blessing, right? And so I just love that. I'm going to take you to one of the most famous stories that Jesus told. It's a story about a guy from another country, and we just know him, not by name, but he's just titled A Certain Samaritan. And I like that title, I like that phrase, I like the way that Jesus doesn't draw attention to who the individual was, but He tells a story, tells a, a parable, which is a heavenly, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I'm going to break this down this morning as we talk about preparing our hearts to do something that's really monumental, that's really very significant. I'm going to get through the Scripture this morning with you. It's there on your screen, or if you're a real Christian, on your Bible. And the Bible says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, What is written in the law? What do you read? He said, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Verse 30, Jesus answered and said, Well, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, but he fell among thieves, stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and paused, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, As he journeyed, he came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and he bandaged his wounds. He poured on the oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, most likely a donkey. And he brought him to an inn. He took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, two coin. And he gave them to the innkeeper and he said, Take care of him and whatever you spend more, uh, when I come, I will repay you. When I come again... I will repay you. I like those words. I'm going to say them one more time. When I come again, I will repay you. So which one of these three do you think was neighbor to the man who fell among the thieves? And the lawyer said, well, I suppose, I guess. Uh, mm, 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 mm. I guess it was the guy that actually did the work and actually helped him. And so Jesus says, go and do likewise. This is a question about what does it mean to love your neighbor? It's, it's not that hard to identify who your neighbor is, but what is difficult is for us to make that transition from knowing who our neighbor is to actually doing something about loving our neighbor. That's the heart of Christ. That's the heart of the gospel. And we're still preaching this same message 2,000 years later. So what does it look like to lo- I'm so glad you asked that question. I, what does it look like to love your neighbor? That's a great question to ask, and let's go through it together. Here are a few thoughts I want to share you with and upset you with this morning. Number one, this, um, this, uh, this certain Samaritan was actually on a journey. He was actually going somewhere. And have you ever noticed that God only uses active people? All the way through the Bible, anyone that God comes to and gives an assignment to, they're already engaged. They're already active. They're already doing something. And it's almost like, God, I don't need another interruption in my life. If Who's ever felt interrupted by God? you were doing something. you were minding your own business. you were going somewhere. You're on a schedule. And all of a sudden, what happens? You know, it's, it's, it's not like God waits for you to go, Hey, look down there, Gabriel. He's got his feet up on the lounge. Now's the time. Get that phone call to ring now. It's almost like when you're in the middle of something else and it's like, and, and I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because God knows that we're more focused on tasks naturally than on people. But this guy was going somewhere. He wasn't idle and God delights in finding people who are active that are doing something, that are going somewhere, that are on a mission. If you're sitting down going, I'm just going to sit here until Jesus tells me exactly what to do. I had one guy say, Pastor, I love how you just go after it. You're not prepared to fail. And, and, and we, we try things and some, some of them work. I thought that was encouraging. He said, if it was me. I reckon I'd still be in the upper room. I'd still be sitting up there in the upper room you know, keep myself warm with the fire because I'd be too scared to move out. As he journeyed, the Bible says, as he went on his way, as he was about his daily occupation, as he was doing what he was called to do, what he was doing with his regular everyday life. I want the glory cow to come down and put me on a stage in front of thousands of people. Um, How about we just take care of the ones that Father brings to us? If we were to be faithful in the ones, right, it might be astonishing what we actually achieved together as a church. Can I get a witness here? Number one, he was going somewhere. So if you get interrupted this week, it's normal. It's normal. It's normal to get interrupted. Number two, uh, he saw a man in need. He saw a man in need. He noticed what other people had ignored. It's absolutely astonishing to me that two people can look at the same thing and see something completely different. Isn't that true? I mean, you look at the political sphere. We, we look at things and half of us on average or, or, or third or whatever are, are seeing it very strongly passionate this way. Another third of us Australians are going, very passionate, you know, 40% of us, very passionate this way, 40%, very passionate this way, 20% kind of making up their mind which way they want. We're seeing the same thing, the welfare of our nation, yet we're seeing things completely different. These other two guys were professional clergy. I mean, of all the people that should have been compassionate, it was these first two guys, right? If you've been saved for more than a day, there ought to be something about you that cares for people. It's one of the evidences that Jesus is actually king of your heart. Where self gets pushed aside and Christ takes up the throne and says, I want to love your generations through you. And you start to notice people. Who's beginning to notice people? I I notice people doing very weird things, very strange things. But you notice, you notice, yeah, you notice. And we've got to get good at looking and seeing and observing. Look people in the eyes. Look people in the eyes and smile. You'll be astonished if you show someone a kindness, what encouragement that puts into their soul. We ought to be kind to every single person that we meet because everyone is carrying a cross. Everyone is. When you see a person in need, guess what? You can do something about it. You're responsible. When it's brought to your attention, you can do something about it. When you see there's a need, don't just turn your head and heart away from it and keep to your busy schedule. If you come up to me at the end of the service one Sunday and say, Pastor, I would have been here in time for communion, but had to get somebody to the hospital because of an accident. I'm not going to say, well, you missed out on giving the offering. I'm not going to say that, Wayne. I'm going to say, put the offering in now that you're late. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, good on you for being a Christian. That's what a true believer is. What's true religion? Caring for the widow, the orphan, the refugee. Yeah. Even those that come on boats. Number three. Number three. Number three. He went he went to where he was. He interrupted his journey and he went to where he was. He went out of his way. He took a detour. Someone say detour. Yeah. He stopped. He paused. He, 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 he went to where he was. He investigated the situation. I, I love that about this Samaritan. He just did a glance over and go, oh, look, there's a bloody body in the drain, in the ditch over there. Look at that. Hey, quick, get a Facebook photo. Let's just kneel down and get, a, get an Instagram snap. No, no. He went over to him. Then number four, number four. This is tricky and this is dangerous. If I were you, I'd just cross that one out. Just get some liquid paper and get rid of that one on your notes. Just just ignore that. Just say, this is not me. Write that down in your notes. This is not me. Whatever you do, don't become emotionally involved. Don't take things personally. Whatever you do, because if you become emotionally involved, guess what? Where your heart is, there your where your treasure is. There your these two things find it. They, they keep company. Have you noticed that when you get emotionally involved in something, yeah, you find a way to bring about a wonderful change. Number four, this Samaritan, changing the world, loving his neighbor, became emotionally involved. I pity people who are so calloused of heart they can look at people in need and not feel anything. According to our Savior, our Rabbi Jesus, on that day, on the day of judgment, he's going to say, did you see me naked? Did you see me hungry? Did you see me without accommodation? Oh Lord, if we had seen you like that, we would have done something. And Jesus looks us in the face and he says, when you do it to the least of these, the least of these, finish it with me, you do it unto me. When you become emotionally involved, you're, you're literally letting God love humanity through you. I remember when our first child was born, a beautiful girl who we named Madeline. And I said to, I said to my sweetheart, I said, babe, that's it, no more kids no more kids, not because it was rough on her. But I just said, I, I don't think I could love, I, I couldn't share my love with another child because this one deserves all of my heart. I mean, she, she took me by the finger and stole my heart, that little thing, right? And every dad knows what I'm talking about, yeah? And, and grandmas know what I'm talking about as well, yeah? I've got somebody on board, that's good. She said, don't be foolish, David. If we have another child, your heart won't halve. It will multiply. It will multiply. And as you begin to let the love of God in your heart flow out, you'll find it will increase. And that love is such a wonderful, wonderful gift for you to give away to others. Number four, he became emotionally involved, dangerous, risky business. That Number five, number five. He did what he could with what he had. This is where a lot of people get stuck. They go, well, if, if, if I had, you know, that ambulance model donkey, I, I'd do something about it. You know, if I had the chariot, you know, with me today, well, well, you know, I, 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 if I had the mule instead of the donkey, both of us could have ridden, you know, but it, it, it's like he did what he could with what he had. Well, Pastor, when I win a million dollars on lotto, would you just keep walking? because all you're doing is excusing yourself from doing what you can today. That will never pass the mustard, not now and not then. You do what you can with what you've got today. I believe with all of my heart that every single person can do something to touch the nations. I believe every person can do something. I was so stirred last week when Pastor Jonathan said to the students, At the school. If you don't have any money, then bring me your poppers. Well, that Sunday I found three poppers. They're now in my 10 cent bin, which goes to missions. We can all do something, right? Even if it's little, even the widows might change history because we're still talking about that today. Am I right? Even the woman with an alabaster box of perfume, it's all she had, right? Wasn't much. It's all she had. But when she gave it to the master, the memory, the memorial, the testimony, the influence of that goes on, rings on, lives on, still influence. Do what you can with what you've got and stop lamenting. Can I just talk to you as a spiritual dad today? Because there's people that looking at me and I can see this sorrow in your eyes because I know in your heart you'd like to do so much more than you physically feel like you can right now. Let me encourage you. That's Okay. If you start with where you are right now, God will find a way to increase you. Because when you're faithful with little, guess what? You get trusted with more. Yeah. Be faithful in the small things, in the little things. Be diligent. Be reliable, utterly reliable in what God's put in front of you to do. And God will find a way to increase your capacity, increase your influence, and give you a greater ability to be a blessing do what you can with what you've got as long as you begin that's what matters most yeah all right number 6 number 6 his actions spoke for themselves it's remarkable to me isn't it that of all the stories that evangelists use to preach the gospel this man doesn't use a single word to win his jewish friend a- according to luke there's not a single word recorded where this Samaritan, this certain Samaritan spoke directly to the man in need. And so all of you worried about witnessing, here's one, didn't say a thing, but his actions spoke for themselves. You with me? His actions spoke for themselves. Love is a universal language. Kindness is a universal language. We all know when someone is treating us in a kind and gentle and encouraging manner. Is that right? Yeah. Let our actions be deliberate actions, not reactions, but deliberate actions because our actions speak louder than our words. You can say you love me, but if you gossip behind me back my back, right? Yeah. Actions speak louder and longer than words. They come up as a memorial, as a testimony to God. Check out Cornelius's life when he was at a junction in his life, needing a miracle, needing an invention. His acts of charity came up as a memorial before God and God sent the answer. Just a little something to think about. Number six, his actions spoke for themselves. Number seven, he connected him to a place of care. He connected him to a place of care. How many people here feel like you've got an evangelistic calling on your life? Just, just give me a wave. An evangelistic calling on your life. Where's the rest of you? Come on. Where's the rest of you? Evangelistic calling on your life. You know, it's not enough to lead someone to through a sinner's prayer. You've got to connect them into community. Yeah? You've got to take them to a place of care. Yeah? Can I get a witness here this morning? Lead people to Christ by all means. Say the sinner's prayer by all means. But if that's all we do, we've not completed our task. We've not completed our job. Pour in the oil and pour in the wine. Do first aid treatment on the journey. But let's connect people to care. Let's connect people to a place of care. Yeah? As I was preparing this message, I was thinking about people that, um, like this Samaritan here, when he, when he comes when he comes to this guy who's beat up, bruised, Battered, he's laying in the gutter, and he and he and he looks on his on his backpack. He look he looks in the in the saddlebag, and you know, if it was me, if it was me, right, Ross, if it was me, I would have got the water bottle. Not going to waste the wine. Not going to waste the wine. I don't even know this guy. Come on, let's just get one of those dead old cloths and get rid of the gravel out of his scratches. Let's just, let's just do that. Now, He reaches for the wine to cleanse and purify the wound and then the oil to soothe, yeah? And some of you are worried, well, if I, if I give out to others, I won't have enough for myself. But don't you know that this is the language of Holy Spirit? These are the images of Holy Spirit, the oil and the wine. And as we pour out to others, it's amazing how Holy Spirit finds a way to pour into our own lives. But our job, our job is to get alone with Holy Spirit and get replenished and get refilled. Come on, let's be like those five girls who had enough oil in their lamps and some extra for the late night. Yeah? Yeah? Let's be like those kind of people who think, man, i got tough stuff happening in my life right now, but I'm bound to meet somebody who's going to need some as well. If you just take home from church what you need for you, you're selfish. Ouch. Ease up there, Pastor. Ouch. Come on. We want you to be filled to overflowing because it's not about, it's about others. It's about others. So let's believe that God wants to fill our lives with His oil and His wine so that we're joyful and we're powerful. And we're present people to do what God's called us to do. Someone give me a witness in Jesus' name. Number seven, he connected them to a place of care. And number eight, oh, this is the hard one. He invested his money into a cause where there was no assurance of return. There was no assurance of return. I might never see this person again. I might never get anything out of this. But when you approach charity... When you approach giving to charity on the idea or the notion of I'm going to give this and I'm going to get that, you've actually missed the heart of Jesus. You've actually missed the heart of Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son because He was absolutely sure that everybody would believe in Him. He made a way, He provided a resource He gave us this wonderful gift called free will. When we give, when we give charity, generosity, when we truly give the way God wants us to give, we don't need an assurance from people. Come on, lean in here with me this morning. lean, Lean in here with me this morning, right? I want you to catch this. Proverbs says it like this. Proverbs shows it to us like this. says, he who has pity on the poor lends... What? He lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay. For those of you listening in the car going, what's he doing? He's pulling a funny face. He's pulling a funny face right now. When we give to the poor, we lend to the Lord. And guess what? The Lord finds a way to repay us. When you give to the church and you think the church is going to give it back to you, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. But when you give it to the Lord, you've actually loaned it to the Lord. I just want to say something today. Some of you got to get ready for a harvest. Some of you got to get ready for a harvest. Some of you have got to get ready for a harvest. You've put it out there and God is looking for a way to get it back to you. But don't you dare treat the offering like a one-armed bandit where you put the money in the slot and ka-ching, it all comes out the bottom. It doesn't work like that. Offerings never have and they never will. But listen again to what Jesus told in this story. He said, the guy—the only time this guy spoke was when he pulled his wallet out. And he said, I'm going to pay and I'm going to pay some more. Whatever else is, is needed. When, don't you love those words? Don't you just love those words? Doesn't it give you like that little shiver? When I come again, don't can't you hear, can't you hear Jesus smiling as he says those words? Hey, I want you to get this. When I come again, and he's, right, I'm going to repay you. I'm going to repay you. If, if you're so hung up about material things, then just know this, that when you honor the Lord, I'm not making a promise to you. It's, it's God's word. It's God's word but just have a heart that says, Father, I want to be a blessing to other people. Let that heart be in us as a culture, as a church, that we are not blessed for our own well-being alone, but that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. This is the covenant that God made with Abraham, whom we have become recipients of. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. I will make you your name famous and rich and wealthy and beyond you can believe. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to bless you like that so that in all the families of the earth, there'll be blessing because of you. That's God's heart for us. That's God's heart. If you turn out, oh, how much is a denarius? Well, a denarius is about a day's pay. So he pulls out a day's pay. What's your day's pay? Don't, don't say it out loud. He, he pulls that out and he says, uh, for this stranger, I want to put that down. And and if there's more needed, I'll, I'll pay and I'll pay again, right? And I'm astonished at this story. I'm astonished at this story because Jesus is telling this to a certain lawyer who wants to know what it means to love God with all of your heart and your mind, your soul, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what this is all about. And do you remember it started with a question? Remember the question was? Good teacher, what can I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do? How do I get a hold of this thing? How do I know if it's got a hold of me? Someone's going to write that down. Someone's going to write that down. When eternal life has got a hold of you, this love flows naturally out of you. Flows naturally out of you. All right, let's go on to the next slide. And Jane and our worship team are coming back. So these, these are the real figures here before us today. I apologize for that mistake. I must have saved the wrong file, a first draft. We want to spend about $4,000 in our kids' church renovation. We need to spend about 4000 in our office renovation. Um, we want to spend a couple of thousand dollars. cash. not yet. You're at the bottom of the list. Uh, first, it's our children. Then it's our office. And then if there's some... You know, I'm joking, right? She's going, yeah, you are, Pastor. Uh, and so we want to spend about 10000 just internally with our facility here. But then we're, our, our, our big heart effort is really on touching the nations across the planet, and doing this together. So how is it possible? Let's go to the final slide. Our worship team are coming. These are the right figures. If one person says, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to give. I want to seriously give. Um, that's that taken care of. Another person says, I, I, I want to do that. That's, that's taken care of. Two people say, you know what, 50 I can, I can do that. Um, another five people say, $20 a week, I'm there. Um, 20 people say $5 a week. I can cope with that. And 40 people saying $2.50. I'm okay with that. I can do that. I can do that. On your notes this morning, on your notes, babe, could you just bring me your notes, please? There's a question for you to go through on the back of your notes, not for this morning, but for you to go home in the next few days, have a cup of tea, sit down quietly somewhere and just pray through these things. I want you to see how it works. Can we just take a moment quickly go through this? Number one, Do you want to be involved practically in advancing the kingdom of God and empowering the next generation? Well, if you say yes, that's charity. That's good. Number two, what could you give on a weekly basis that you wouldn't miss? Write down a figure of what you wouldn't miss. That's called partnership. Number three, what could you give on a weekly basis or a monthly basis that would marginally impact your lifestyle? So now it's starting to affect you. That's called generosity. Number four, what could you give on a weekly basis, that would necessitate a change. That would mean something that you'd have to, you'd have to change. You move something around. What would that look like? That's called sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to be diligent before God as a church and say, Father, what is it? And write down a figure. Now, right now, as you're sitting there, and if you're listening to this by the broadcast today, you're going, that's a little awkward. I don't feel comfortable with that. Let me take the pressure off you. Number five. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. So as you pray and ask, Father, Lord, what is it that I'm going to do, that we're going to do as a family? As you pray about that, believe that God will speak to you. Believe that God will speak to you. Because if God speaks to you, faith comes by hearing. This is not... Simply about raising funds, it is about raising faith. And as we hear from God, God speaks to us, and we step out in obedience to that. Miracles become our reality. How does a testimony work? Well, it's like this: test, and then the money. That's how a testimony works. There's the test, and then there's the money, and that's how our testimonies come about. Yeah. So what could we achieve if we put our hands together to do? Less than 80 people saying, yes, I can do something. I want to do something. I believe God will help me do something. Pray. Let Father speak to you. There is no pressure from this platform. There is an invitation for us to partner together to touch the world with the love and grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And I believe that we will want to do that because that is the eternity that God has put into our hearts. Let's stand together. In Father's presence. Almighty God, I thank you that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think or imagine. Would you remove, Lord, all the hindrances and all the blockages that A, the enemy would want to put in our way, that B, past experiences echoes and memories of failures from yesterday. Lord, we are not looking back as a church. We are looking forward to what You've called us to do. We're going to rise up. We're going to put our hand to this good work and we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side, and we're going to see something marvellous and magnificent come about. In Jesus' name, to the glory of God, somebody said, Amen. Amen. Our church is not built on the talents of a few gifted people. It's built on the participation of ordinary people doing the best they can with what they've got. And my prayer is that God will greatly, abundantly bless you, give you wisdom and faith as together we commit ourselves for this next 12 months to do something truly amazing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you.